Hey, Mike. Today I want to talk to you about two games that have found a rebirth after coming to iOS and embody a lot of the carefree, joyful gaming we love to share. They are World of Goo and Plants vs. Zombies. This is an interesting pairing. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It feels a little bit random, but I think once we get into it, it's going to make some sense. I think for me, at least, when we were thinking about doing some iOS games this time, and we looked at our list, these two instantly tied themselves to each other. When I think of two games that I love, that I've enjoyed greatly on iOS, that are older games, like World of Goo and Plants vs. Zombies are completely linked. I mean, because I know for me... Both of these games I had played and loved on other platforms before they came to iOS. Had you played either of these games before they were on iPad? Yeah, I played World of Goo on my Mac and I played Plants vs. Zombies on my... Oh, where did I play that? It had to have been my phone, but I can't imagine it that small, honestly. So I have no idea. I know I've played it on a phone. Do you know what's kind of funny is I know I've played this game on a phone and the phones were smaller then. Yeah. Hold on. Let me pull out one of my tiny phones. Oh, my. Can you imagine playing it on, like, the iPhone 4 or something? I don't know how I did that. Yeah, I think I did, though. And it was okay. Because even then, like, the iPad screens are all smaller. Yeah, because I remember playing it in 2000. Man, 11? It had to have been on the phone. That's crazy. I don't know how we did that. <laughs> I, know. I like it on iPad so much more. I have played these games both on pc i remember when we move into the history section of the episode in world of goo i was reminded when looking it up that i played world of goo for the first time on the nintendo wii whoa which when you think about it it's kind of the perfect that seems really difficult platform no because you're just pointing where you want the goo to go right really you just grab it and drag it oh but that's such a weird but you're like holding your hand out and Mm -hmm. pointing with the controller right yep it was incredibly successful on the Nintendo Wii. It feels like it would be really wobbly. Yeah, it probably was. Because I'm thinking about I was playing it on my Mac and I was using a mouse mm-hmm. and that felt really natural. Yeah. Oh, it 100% is better with the precision. But I re- remember basically grabbing them and like flinging the little goo balls around. That part is fun. Uh, it was actually pretty good on that. Have you played other games like this before? I like World of Goo. Well, World of Goo and Plants vs. Zombies like bridge builders and tower defense games i've played other bridge building games but less of those there was one that i did play recently that i think i mentioned to you that, that i figured you would enjoy too with is it called bridge constructor portal yes i have played that and i got to levels that were just so difficult that i just gave up because they were unfun i also have this problem with world of goo i've never actually completed the game i only ever get so far and i get stuck because it just becomes very complex wait you've never finished you haven't finished world of goo no this is news this is news i thought you finished this i've never finished it you're full of lies no no you're full of you lies you never asked me I oh, never, uh, lies are i never omission. i never walked around as saying i'd finished it you just assumed i had that's a very that's that's not a lie you made an assumption about me i did no i've never finished I it assumed. i find it very difficult oh. it gets to a certain point and like I, I don't think i have the brain to build the constructions that it needs but i enjoy it a lot i've played however many levels a lot many times over the years <laughs> i've played the first three levels a i'm ton. so good at level one super good at them 
<laughs> oh man, this changes everything. It doesn't change everything. I can't believe you. Have you completed well, it? Okay, maybe it changes a very, very small thing. Yes, of course I completed. Uh-huh, but probably. <laughs> and I play a game. I like to finish it. Mm-hmm. Unless it's frustrating. There you go. So that's it for me. So yeah, never mind. I totally understand. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I finish every game unless I can't finish them and then I don't finish them. (laughs) I'm, I'm. You're game shaming me again. Okay, I get it. I am game shaming you Uh and I'm also a giant hypocrite. So Uh there you go. You're welcome, everyone. (laughs) Do you like bridge building games too? Or is it just World of Goo? I just, I like World of Goo. Mm -hmm. I've played a few bridge building games but they haven't even stuck in my brain i do remember building actual bridges in tech class Wait, in high school well let's talk let's let's <laughs> dig down into actual bridges what we mean by actual bridges well okay not like actual bridges but we would <laughs> you would build them out of like um little like balsa wood sticks hmm. and wood glue and then you would put weights on them to see how strong they were no wonder you were so good at water goo and you would compete with your fellow students to see who built the strongest bridge. how would the competition be judged just was basically how many washers until your bridge broke and the washers are signifying vehicles i guess or let's just wait in general right. so you would know like if because if you're building it to scale you could that gets like okay this bridge is you know this scale and therefore the weight on it, it equals this much weight if it were a real bridge so i've seen some of the constructions you made in world of goo and they would not support a lot of washers no they're terrible i play like kind of a jerk <laughs> i play it fast and loose i'm ready to go <laughs> uh plants vs zombies at its core is a tower defense game which i love way more than bridge building games yeah me too i remember many of these types of games especially on the ipad my favorite non plants vs zombies was i had to do some real research to find the name of this game i remembered the icon so vividly so i was googling the icon basically today field runners field runners was huge on the ipad and it's such a good game field runners one and field runners two. Oh, i played this everyone one. played it i loved everyone this played this game it was a fantastic tower defense game and again this is another one that i played on the iphone oh my god they're still updating it i loved this game because it made me think of desktop tower defense which i like even more because it's even simpler and all of the little turrets and the waves of enemies they're all really they're much cuter oh my god desktop tower defense i have not thought about this game in a long time it's so good i love this game this was one of the games i would play in computer class when i was supposed to be doing something else (laughs) yeah it's like surprise surprise i was very good at stuff in computer class so i would like finish the assignments very quickly Mm -hmm. and then would just find various flash games to play I want to play Field Runners now. <laughs> yeah, me too. I might download that on my iPad, actually. I also used to love playing Lurker D on Battle.net back in StarCraft days. Yeah, you see. That was also my jam. I have none of that. No StarCraft knowledge of any description or any of the related properties. That's okay. That's okay. The players out there, will, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You get on Battle.net, you have your Roger Wilco going, so you could talk to your friends. And Lurker D was basically exactly the same as Desktop Tower Defense, where you had to get... Um, there are waves of enemies that would come through and you just have to stop them. But you would be using the units and the abilities from the StarCraft world. Would you like to know some? It's a little bit of history about these games? I would love some history. All right. So World of Goo was released in 2008. 
which is a horrific thought, on Windows, Mac OS, and the Wii. And it came to iOS in 2010 because that was when the iPad came out. These games were all kind of destined for the iPad, really. Um, they did release iPhone versions not too long after, both with World of Goo and Plants vs. Zombies, but they were kind of perfect iPad games. World of Goo reviewed incredibly well, kind of scoring 9 out of 10s across the board. This was at a time when physics-based games were really catching on, and World of Goo is a simple but kind of like excellently produced example of one. The game was uh, a big success for the developer 2D Boy. It was the only game that they ever released, 2D Boy. I'll get to that in a minute. I know you're thinking, that doesn't sound right, but just bear with me a second as a reason for this. <laughs> uh, it was actually even released on Nintendo Switch in 2017. So it continues to be a success for them even to this day. Uh, the original developers of the game, Kyle Gray and Alan Bomquist, who created 2D Boy, joined forces with a previous colleague of those, Kyle Gable, they all worked at EA together, and they created a company called Tomorrow Corporation in 2010, who have then produced Little Inferno, Human Resource Machine, and 7 Billion Humans. I find it kind of strange, in a way, that like they never rolled World of Goo into that company. They kept it separate. So 2D Boy owns World of Goo, and Tomorrow Corporation owns all of the subsequent games that they created. Plants vs. Zombies was released in 2009 on Windows and Mac, and it came to consoles uh, and mobile in 2010. It was originally published by PopCap Games, and it was conceived of and originally developed and then run by a guy called George Fan. Again, all 9 out of 10 scores. Plants vs. Zombies really was a phenomenon. It led to EA buying PopCap in 2011. And this was mostly due to the success of Plants vs. Zombies, but also Peggle, which is one of my favorite games of all time. Peggle was absolutely incredible, but all of the good versions of Peggle do not exist anymore because EA ruined all the PopCap games, uh, which is a real shame. PopCap made fantastic games, both on the web and then for other things later on, but they kind of just destroyed them. Including, for example, there was a a couple of sequels to Plants vs. Zombies, uh, and they... We're full of free-to-play kind of stuff, as well as the creation of Garden Warfare, which was a multiplayer third-person shooter that EA made with the Plants vs. Zombies IP, which is actually a relatively fun game, but it's still not what makes Plants vs. Zombies great. But the iOS version, when PopCap published it in 2010... Uh, it sold more than 300,000 copies in the first nine days. It was, at that point, probably the most successful iOS uh, release to date. So that's kind of where they are. I mean, from a legacy perspective, I mean, Plants vs. Zombies still exists. The versions of the games that are on the App Store now are a little bit weighed down in places with in-app purchases and ads and stuff like that but it still works i'm happy that they still exist you can still play them yeah i kind of put up my blinders and i'm just like i don't want to look at anything that isn't just basically the original plants versus zombies Mm -hmm. i ignore that the rest exists Mm -hmm. and i'm happy that way yeah me too and i'm pleased that they kept it because ea bought up a bunch of these companies and did not keep the games around like flight control for example (sighs) but plants versus zombies still exists at least on the app store for the time being r.i.p flight control i know what a great game r.i.p i love that game i love the music in that game everything about that game is fantastic i wish we could do an episode about flight control oh me too we had it on an ipad for years mm-hmm. past its death date but an accidental update murdered it and murdered it good so, so sad yep. But Plants vs. Zombies still exists. I'll pour one out for you, Flight Control. These games, they do... So having played them, especially on the new iPads, they do feel a little old now. Like, neither of them are supported for the full resolution of the new iPads. They kind of have those black bars around them. Um, It's kind of funny. 
I just hope that these games stick around because they are both so fantastic and such great examples of games that are wonderful to play, even though they are over 10 years old. And you know what? Even they're really great games for an introduction for like a kid. I mean, my son absolutely loves Plants vs. Zombies. He really was into World of Goo. Like these are games that I think for a younger generation just coming into playing games, they're a really fun intro to these type of things. Talking about that, actually, I was playing Plants vs. Zombies on a plane a couple of days ago and helped keep a parent and like a child very occupied. I was a big help to a parent. Basically, (laughs) the mother was walking this child up and down the the plane to kind of keep them occupied. And they saw me playing Plants vs. Zombies and then just stood with their hands and face on the arm of my seat for about 25 minutes. That's adorable. Uh, They weren't, they were just leaving me alone. They were just watching and uh, getting stressed out at times when the screen was getting full full up and like was like singing this little song. It was really cute. (laughs) I was found that really interesting actually because I don't know why exactly they were so drawn. Like it just basically stopped them dead in their tracks well we'll get into it later but it's like the beautiful vibrancy i guess so of it. it's kind of like irresistible you know it's very appealing the way everything moves it, it, we'll get into it we'll get into it but uh, i think i helped that parent out a lot because the child was uh, not enjoying the plane ride well they obviously need to get their kid an ipad <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> That's the popular opinion these days, right? I don't think I helped in that equation if the parent, if they were trying to stop uh, an iPad being in their life. If there is ever a time for a kid to be watching a screen, it's on a plane. I'm sorry. It's just so helpful. It's helpful for everybody, including you (laughs) and everyone else in that metal tube. And you know what? If you don't want them to be alone, play a game together because you totally can. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have, we played these games together, so it is possible. Trading off levels and stuff. I like doing that. That's so much fun. I do too. Well, because I'm a big game watcher. Mm -hmm. I like watching other people play single player games. I'm totally fine with that. It's very enjoyable for me. Yeah, especially when you needed serious help of all the goo. Well, we didn't even get to the <laughs> tricky levels at the end, which I would have made you play and I would have laughed at you, which would have been great. Who knows? Maybe I would be great at them. Maybe there's just one level I'm bad at and the rest of them I would be amazing at. There's just one that's like my Achilles heel. You'll never know because you're a quitter. Oh, did I say that? Let's open the loot box. <laughs> I have no time for you now. Oh, no. All right. (laughs) You do have time for loot box, though. I always have time for the loot box. If you want to watch uh, archives of our streams, we stream every week, pretty much. We're currently trying to work our way through Uncharted 4, with the difference being that Tiff is playing. I've been really been enjoying watching that game again through your eyes because it is wonderful. We're going to talk about that in a future episode. You can find uh, Twitch streams over at twitch.tv slash playingforfunfm and all of the archive videos at youtube.com slash playingforfunfm as well. We have this amazing artwork that we get commissioned by jelly who's jelly bean soup over on instagram and twitter and he does our art for each episode and you can check out a lot of that awesome artwork i have so many fractures of it in my house now it's kind of disturbing how many i have but they're really really amazing and if you don't come over to my house to see my fracture collection then you should go over to instagram and that's at instagram.com slash playing for fun fm this is not an open offer yeah <laughs> The best way no, is just to go to Instagram and you'd be totally fine. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. That's all you really need to do. <laughs> Instagram's the place to be, mm-hmm. not my house. Not, not the house. <laughs> uh, there is a funny thing about getting like prints of these made is we have a like a nonstop 
increase, right? Like, they're just going to keep happening every month. We're going to think of something awesome to do with them. I have a few ideas. We have been playing some Dungeons and Dragons recently. So yes. you can go and see those on our Twitch stream as well. We have a couple more sessions booked in. So we'll be talking about those and we'll be tweeting about them. You can follow the show at twitter.com slash playingforfunfm. Uh, this episode of Playing for Fun has been brought to you by Borrow, who makes simple, innovative furniture for a modern life at home. Their award-winning sofa is packed full of clever features and thoughtful touches. You're going to wonder why you have not upgraded your living room situation sooner. The Borrow sofa is modular. It comes together in minutes, and you can add or remove seats as you need them and easily take it apart if you move, which is a wonderful thing to think about when you need to move. When we moved into our home, uh, we had a horrific sofa situation, wondering if it was going to fit through the hallway, fit through the door. You don't have to worry about that with Borrow. It's easy to get in and easy to get out as well. They also have built-in USB chargers, so you can charge your devices right from your sofa. Borrow sofas are super customizable. You can choose from five fabric colors, three leg finishes, two armrest styles, and any length at all, and you can even add a chaise or ottoman as well. You could actually order every color and every style and just have backups and like switch them out for seasons in your house. (laughs) Like seasonal furniture. You just have like a stack of couch pieces. Yeah, yeah. So like in October, it's like orange and uh, but you wouldn't have to commit right because you knew that you had your your spring and winter sofa kind of nestled in your basement and you could just pop it back up and put the piece together you could even have multiple colors you could like if, if you're if like let's say a certain um sports team is playing you can then make your sofa <laughs> the colors of the sports team for when your friends come over that's something people do right this is a good idea you have a very unique mind <laughs> do i mm-hmm. Is it? This seems really normal to me. This seems like you know a what? It genius is. idea. It is. <laughs> we'll get we'll get the borrow people on the phone, and we we can add this into future ads for them. You know, I'm sure that this mm-hmm. thing is great. Uh, scratch resistant, stain resistant. <laughs> you have to worry about spills. And borrow sofas are made of high quality materials as well. If you're in the market for a new sofa or pieces of a new sofa, yeah, you can give your living room the upgrade it deserves with borrow. Get seventy five dollars off a new sofa and free one week shipping by going to borrow.com slash playing for fun so you can have your new sofa just in time for the big game the big game there's always a big game coming up and when that game arrives you'll have your sofa in time that's b-u-r-r-o-w borrow.com slash playing for fun for 75 dollars off your order our thanks to borrow for their support of this show and all of relay fm the big game <laughs> people love the big game yeah what is the big what's the next big game for us mm-hmm Uncharted 4. Yes. But sh- we're not going to talk about that yet. Oh, we could talk about it now. We don't know when Uncharted's going to be our episode. We were hoping it would be our July episode, but it's a big game. So we're working on it. We're going to be streaming it for a while. So we don't actually know what our July episode's going to be. Typically, we stream every Friday at around 1030, but summer hours, we're all over the place. And this is a giant game, so... We're also streaming basically whenever we want. Yes, because we have to try and fit this in. We'll get there. I mean, it's if it's not our July game, it'll probably be our August game. And I'm working on some ideas for our July game too. So we'll we'll, we'll share that when we know what it's going to be. And if you enjoy the show, be sure to tell a friend because we have heard that people like listening to video game shows even when they don't play video games, mm-hmm. which is awesome, actually. And kind of strange but we like you anyway maybe you want to hear two friends make fun of each other for 25 minutes about their ability to complete game levels maybe this is for you i don't know i mean that's what friends are for right
something that I've liked with playing these games with the current iPads is using the Apple Pencil. Yes. I actually think it works really well for both games. No. No, see, we're, we're kind of divided <laughs> on the on the Plants vs. Zombies. Uh, we'll get to that. But World of Goo especially, because these games were initially designed for mouse. Mm-hmm. So having the precision of the Apple Pencil is actually really useful, especially with World of Goo, I think. I like it. When we were playing and we had I had the pencil in my hand and we were building the bridges, I literally forgot what the previous interface was. I could not remember at all. I was like, how did I do this before? How did I even accomplish these things without a touchscreen and a pencil? And then you reminded me there was a mouse and a cursor. And I was like, oh, yeah. It That's just, how a computer works. It flows so well that it makes you forget. We had mixed success using the Apple Pencil when we were playing Plants vs. Zombies together. But I was playing it since and found it fine. It's more There's more tapping than there is dragging, but I actually think it works really well. And I think for longer play sessions, it's, for, it's much more comfortable for me to be able to use the Apple Pencil. I like when I can find games that this works really well with. And so, like for example, something like Stardew, the Apple Pencil is really good for, or when we were playing Don't Starve, it's really good for those situations too. It's a nice way to play, especially a lot of these pointing and clicky games. So anything that was made for PC originally... The Apple Pencil works really wonderfully for it, I think. For Plants vs. Zombies, I feel like I really need the fastness of having multiple fingers Mm -hmm. to grab things because sun is falling and zombies are coming and you have to like reload, rebuild and... Zombies are coming. Oh, good. I don't need to find that sound. I can just use you saying that over and over. Perfect. But I don't like the restrictive feeling of only one touch point. In Plants vs. Zombies, I enjoy the interaction of of using multiple fingers. It feels faster and it feels more like you're, I don't know, like composing the game a little bit. It's exciting. Yeah, it can get a bit wild, that game, right, mm-hmm. at some points. Which And it is fun to be able to like use both hands. Especially certain mini games where there's a lot of stuff falling and a lot of things to do and place and move. With the one touch point with the pencil, I I feel really um, slowed down. Especially with Plants vs. Zombies, but World of Goo has this too. I like that the game is really broken up into relatively short levels and they vary it up quite a lot as well. So mm-hmm. the mechanics change, they're always throwing in new things. Like in World of Goo, you might build a specific type of structure in a different way sometimes it's bridges sometimes you're building something just to go up like a tower and in plants versus zombies as you said like they're throwing these mini games as well i like that you can play in short sessions very easily i always like games like this right where you can do one or the other you can just pick it up and play it for a short period of time if you want to but you're then not penalized for playing a long time because there isn't like repetitive gameplay yeah these games fall somewhere in between the realm of i'm sitting down to play a game bigger game and the little quick consumable ios games they're somewhere in the middle i think they're perfect airplane games yeah that's a good point like a few hours worth of time yeah airplane games maybe that's a new category we should have well so like threes is my number one airplane game see no threes is like a standing in line game it's perfect for that too that's too small for an airplane no 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 it's perfect i mean yeah you can play standing in line games on an airplane it's those little ios games are even snackier if that makes Mm -hmm. sense and these you can really take some time and get into them if you want or you could just play one quick round here and there 
I like games which don't take all of my attention, right, in those scenarios. So I can be, like, listening to a podcast and playing a game. It's just like a, I'm looking mm-hmm. for, like, total sensory focus so I don't have to pay attention to everything that's happening around me on the airplane. That's kind of why I like these types of games. These are good podcast games, too. Yeah, you see? Yeah, they are. All right, I like that. That's the pairing. Podcasts and Plants vs. Zombies. Yep. Perfect. Oh, all the Ps. Look at the alliteration. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. It works. Mm-hmm. It works. Mm-hmm. For World of Goo... The way some of the mechanics work sometimes, I feel like it's really fun to play one of two ways. And I think that that also changes the gameplay. Like you could play it really meticulously where you are building these structures and when you're making sure everything's just right and perfect and you have the perfect number of goo balls building and and everything's supported and wonderful. And then you could also play it like fast and stupid. (laughs) I like to play it fast and stupid most of the time. Because I guess what you're doing for in that moment is, am I just trying to get through the level or am I trying to like maximize the amount of goo balls, which is what we've somehow decided is the name that I'm trying to collect, right? Yeah, exactly. And I like that that game leaves a little bit of room for you to play with that and it doesn't force you into one style of gameplay, even though one is much more successful than the other. Yeah, because there's still a minimum amount that you need to collect. The fast and, and stupid is not great. <laughs> too fast and too stupid, and you're going to struggle. Yeah, but you could still try. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's that's a, you can play your own mini game within the game of how fast and stupid can I build this tower and still still collect enough goo balls. You know I love games in a game. But may- maybe that's just me. <laughs> maybe that's just me. I have a question for you. How do you think the Plants vs. Zombies zombie outbreak started? And why are the plants <laughs> the only defense for all of the humans? I really think it has something to do with Crazy Dave. Because mm-hmm. he's so crazy. But I have no idea. It's They just really want to get in that house. I mean, we should just move, right? It's a very focused attack by the entire zombie outbreak. I kind of love that this game has such a wild premise with absolutely no explanation (laughs) i try and imagine game developers in these situations all right we're gonna have a house it's gonna be defended by lawnmowers and plants and a fence and you'll be able to see the street and the zombies are coming and it's like (laughs) where why why are they coming and then there's this crazy guy with that sells stuff out of the trunk of his car i had an uncle like that by the way oh yeah i think they might have met him and that's where crazy dave came from but it does. It doesn't it doesn't make much sense, does it? It doesn't at all. No. But I kinda like that about it, to be honest. I mean, really, do zombies make sense? I mean, they're just there. You just have to assume, up, oh, up, oh, zombie showed up. Now we have to stop them. What I like is that the zombies they mount their attacks in many different ways. Like they don't just go for the front garden, right? Back garden, roof. They go for all of it. It just occurred to me now that the pool is in the back of the house. Yeah, they don't just add a pool into the front garden. <laughs> why i didn't think of that before (laughs) i play this game so much and this is the first time i'm like oh the pool comes from the backyard yeah yes the backyard is it a pool or is it a pond i've always thought it was like a pond Ah. because it kind of would suck as a pool it's just like one strip it's well it's a lap pool it's like a little lap lane do people put lap pools in their garden people put weird stuff in their garden lap pools feel like a lot i don't know you could do what you want i guess so it's your garden right it's true this house they they needed a lap pool it's way too skinny for a pool pool i always thought of it as a as a pond why does it go all the way to the sidewalk why so people can see what you have in the pond 
It's a pond. It's not a pool. Oh, right. And it's the back, mm-hmm. not the sidewalk. Well, yeah, you assume it's the sidewalk because you thought it was just the pool was added to the front garden. Yeah. I I have to rethink everything now. Yeah. It's everything's changed around you. Well, it doesn't really matter. It's a really weird game, but I delight in its weirdness. Mm-hmm. I like how each level, because it changes the strategy that you need to have in order to play. Yes. And you really have to adjust and change that. And, and both games have this dynamic in them where it gives you an element that forces you to change up the gameplay, but they do it in such a wonderful way that it doesn't make you feel frustrated. They do it in a way that kind of eases you into it because something stays constant. So in Plants vs. Zombies, you have the constant of the way the zombies are coming. Mm -hmm. They're always going to come no matter what. They're going to be there. But you have to change up which plants that you plant in order to defend against them, such as the night levels, I think, is the most extreme version of that because you don't get sun at night falling from the sky in order to encourage your plants to grow, a.k.a. buy, because sun is currency. And so, therefore, you have to use mushrooms. And I really like that. It changes it up very quickly when you go into the night levels and you're like, oh, my gosh, everything I know is wrong. But you get it quick. You get it enough that you can be like, oh, okay, I I understand what's going on here. And it's really, really fun. And then in World of Goo, they do the same thing. But instead of changing the goo balls, which, well, there are a variety, the physics of them still work the same. They change the environment in which the goo balls are present. You'll all of a sudden have to be buoyant in water or the world is spinning in some way or there is a bridge or spikes. But you get like the green sticky ones or the balloons and stuff like that. So you have to change your strategy Mm -hmm. based on the environment the goo balls are in because you can't build a bridge the same way in water that you would on solid land. Did you learn that in class too? I did. We actually had a bridge building pool out back because I went to an amazing high school. Trying to make I'm kidding. We totally oh. didn't. I'm full of it. I'm full oh, of it. Oh, you had me. <laughs> I got you. It's like, oh, yeah, we use these big empty oil drums, this buoyancy, and we build bridges on them. And there was an aircraft I mean, we carrier. did have a cab lab to, you know, simulate air currents and everything, but whatever. I don't think I believed that either. No, that is true. That's, that part's totally true. Okay. We had a wind tunnel. Too late now. Ah, um, it was a public school. <laughs> I'm interested to know what your favorite characters are in Plants vs. Zombies. There's a lot to choose from with the zombies and the artillery. All right. You want me to go with zombies or artillery? Let's start with zombies. Well, there's only one purely perfect zombie, and it's the Zamboni zombie, which is basically the best. I mean, it's so funny. It's got to be called the Zamboni, right? I know. It should be Zamboni. Oh, no, it is Zamboni. There you go. (laughs) It is. It is. It is. Yep. The Zamboni. That's my favorite because it's so random. It's a difficult one, though. Yeah, but it's so interesting. It literally pops out of nowhere for the longest time as the zombies are coming. They have various different things on their heads or they're carrying a screen door, which I find that kind of funny that it's a screen door. Then you see like various zombies in different states of dress where you could imagine, ah, yes, their living counterpart would have dressed like that. I do like the disco dancing zombies, but the Zamboni, when that one shows up, I think it's one of the first vehicle riding zombies that shows Mm -hmm. up. And it just is so delightful that it's on a Zamboni. What's yours? Uh, I really like the ladder zombie because it's kind of ridiculous. So it's uh, it's kind of a stupid zombie, really. Like, it's just carrying a ladder. But it's pretty effective. 
right? Again, and I also like that it's dressed as like handyman dad. He's got like a hammer <laughs> on his belt and he's got like a flannel shirt <laughs> on and stuff, which I, I appreciate greatly and a pencil behind his ear. It's just like a good design. You're right. I'm looking at the picture now. Right. It's good, right? And the ladder is like the screen door provides some kind of shielding but is also useful for climbing over obstacles. So it's a pretty tricky one to have to deal with as well. Because if you're trying to use things to get in its way, like the walnut or whatever, uh, it will just climb over them. It will scale them. And it leaves the ladder there so that zombies that come after it will also climb the ladder. So you have to clear it away, which makes them extra tricky. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. And I like that it's, it makes me laugh because it's so particular. What's your favorite artillery? I like all of the peas kind of just from a design perspective and from my kind of favorite thing to deal with. I'm much more of a heavy attack, minimal defense type person with Plants vs. Mm-hmm. Zombies. So I like the more uh, offensive peas. So like the snow pea, which is the one that shoots like snowballs and freezes them and kind of slows them down. Very useful. Um, and all of the various pea shooters which shoot multiples so like you got like the repeater and i think the three peter so it's like two or three mm-hmm. at once so you're at that that combination of a snow pea and a repeater is really good because the snow pea slowing them down and you're like barraging them with multiple uh pea shootings pea shoots pea peas pea shoots that's pea good. shoots there you go that's yeah. it that's what we're going for <laughs> and i'll always have a soft spot for the sunflower because I enjoy the way the sunflower dances and how happy it is. I love the way it slightly changes color, mm-hmm. which I noticed for the first time. What? Playing recently. Yeah. Really? I never noticed. I guess I just never noticed. I usually notice everything and I didn't. I didn't. A lot of things have passed you by with this game. I know. Well, I was just, I was. I had to stop the zombies. That's what I was focused right, on. Right, right, right. Because the zombies are coming. I mean, there was a task at hand. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't just sit and enjoy the foliage. I had to, I had to work. I had to defend this house. For me, my favorite artillery is the walnut because it gets sadder and sadder as it gets eaten. That makes me sad. I know, but it's so cute. And I don't think any of the other plants care as much as the walnut. The walnut's a little emo, really. I mean, I'm a little emo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we get each other. Mm-hmm. I get you, walnut. I get you. <laughs> me and you, walnut. <laughs> We're in this together. <laughs> I also like the grave buster because I just like the way it moves and like it's chompy sounds and the little tiny mushroom called the push room, which because it's just so darn cute. The little the tiny, tiny Mm. free ones. Yeah, they're useful. I like those little guys. Yeah, they're expendable, but useful. And uh, but for gameplay, really, I like using the spike weeds and the torch wood in front of a pea shooter. Those are really good. You get the spike weeds, you put those in front of the walnuts and then you get the pea shooter and you put that behind the torch woods. And it's kind of like um, it's almost like a barrel fire, but it's a stump instead. Right. And he kind of looks badass with like hair of flames. And as the pea flies through it, it catches on fire, which is great. oh. Yeah, that is useful. I'd forgotten about that one. And then the spike mm-hmm. weed is just one where that when they're standing on it, it hurts them, right? Yeah, it just kind of like like spikes yeah. up um, on them. And if you're forcing them to stand on it by munching on the walnut, it is perfect. The torchwood is a re- is actually a really useful one. I'd forgotten about that. How good that that one is. It's a good pairing. So that's like kind of my basic setup is like pea shooters in the back followed by a torchwood, blocked by a walnut with a spike weed in front of it. And I'm unstoppable. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You say you're unstoppable. Yeah, I'm actually pretty stoppable. I've seen you stopped <laughs> at like a very early level. Hey, now. 
say. Rude. <laughs> don't say things like that to Why? our audience. Well, you, you don't want to them to know that you're not late enough. Well, I, ha- I have a I have a persona to maintain here. <laughs> now, the way that you play on hard mode is you let all the lower mowers get taken away at the very beginning. Right. And then you just play with no defenses. I remember you saying you were upset about the lawnmower. Yeah, I feel like it's... uh, I wish you could play without it. So I feel like it's just like it's a safety net. Mm. But I think, as I mentioned at the time, because you brought this up when the lawnmower was used. So like you'd use it. You're like, oh, why is this thing here? I was like, well, because otherwise you'd be dead now. Yeah, and then I'd have to try again and I would get better. The lawnmower is stopping me from improving. Well, you could just restart the level every time a lawnmower is used and then you're inflicting your own crushing mode on the game. Crushing. (laughs) Do you want to tell me about some of your favorite music in the games? Oh, I always do. I know. I mean, these games have such iconic sounds and music and of a lot of iOS games or just small games like this, I usually don't play with the music on, especially on iOS. Because like we said, you're listening to a podcast or something else. But for these games, I've always listened to the music. I've always had on sounds of World of Goo. Or the Plants vs. Zombies. I just... That the cadence of it i just want to play when i when i hear it it's very very iconic i also really like the sound effects that they have the zombies are very particular go ahead go ahead give me your zombie That's good. The sound of the pea shooters, the sunshine collecting noise, um, Crazy Dave's weird mutterings. These are all really world-building sounds, and they're very simple, and they're repeated often. But for me, it just adds to the whole ambience of the game and it fits in with the art style it just it all goes together really well and world of goo kind of adds another element to that in its music and that it makes you feel different styles of gameplay depending on how the music's going because sometimes there's like that calming music and there's wind and you're just like oh i'm going to be building a tower and then other times it feels rapid Mm -hmm. and manic and you feel like you need to build more quickly or And I like that the music invokes those feelings of how you need to play. I like the squeaky little voices. Yes, that's what I was going to say. I I really love the little voices and the goo balls. They're not saying anything, but you hear it enough. And eventually you feel like they are saying something to you. Yeah, both of these games have that feeling of a game that you've spent so much time in. And you'd kind of, you've just forgotten about, like I've forgotten about the way this game sounded. But as soon as I heard them again, it's like, oh, that sounds burned into my brain. And I think that that's what's great about these games is that you can put them down and forget about them for a little while. But then you pick them back up and it feels a little comforting. It's like rewatching a movie without a lot of the time commitment, but it still gives you that same feeling of nostalgia and fun. And I really enjoyed playing these games again. And I... A lot of the time, I don't want to replay a game, especially bigger, longer ones. It just feels like such a giant commitment. But with these games, it takes me back to how much fun I had when I first played them. And I can feel that again. And uh, that's what makes these games so charming to me. 